Well, good morning, Victory Fam and friends. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. This is the day the Lord has made, and we do rejoice, and we are glad in it. My name is Paul. I am privileged to serve as pastor of Victory Church, where we exist to see people reconciled to God and to each other. And I appreciate you all tuning in this morning and making us your virtual church home for 29 minutes. I'm also thankful this morning, just as I always am, for every single volunteer at Victory Church who continues to be the church, even in this surreal space and time. Uh, I'm thankful for so many things. God is is really, um, well, God is being who God is, and, and he's showing up in, in ways that only God can. And, and uh, as such, we're going to be um, shifting some of the infrastructure here at Victory Church in really great ways that I think will uh, curate spaces for even more leadership development and discipleship. And I won't say a lot about that today except to say that I'm excited about it. And next week you'll hear a little bit more about who's going to be filling what roles and, and how it's going to help us further the vision um, here at Victory Church. And I'm also thankful that next week we'll also have our prayer team back on uh, for another moment with them. And I thought, what better way to end this year than in some corporate prayer together? Um, and so uh, thankful for you, thankful for thank you, thankful for the Victory Kids team uh, this morning who at 1115 will have a jingle jam to help us celebrate Jesus in a fun and exciting way uh, for the kids. And, um, and you know, simultaneously, because, you know, Christmas time, holiday seasons bring about these really interesting moments of tension of holding these varying degrees of um, emotion. And so I'm also simultaneously mourning with those who mourn today, uh, really good friends of ours, actually, who are um, also a part of victory today are saying goodbye to their mother. And, uh, and so we pray for them. Uh, we pray for you. If uh, you're, you're dealing similarly with a very difficult time, and, and we thank God for Jesus, uh, who can be with us um, even in the midst of such difficult times. Um, this morning, uh, meaning earlier this morning, I read with our volunteers, as we do with our Advent congregational reading, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And I want to come back to that uh, briefly this morning and and just expand upon that a little bit today um, and so turn there with me today matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12. if you were with us uh this morning y'all thanks for being there and thanks for engaging the zoom congregational reading it's 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 not like nor is there really any substitute for being at walker together and hearing the corporate reading of scripture like that that's just it's a powerful uh, moment and experience, and yet uh, we 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 did it. We we did that Zoom corporate reading today, and so grateful for all of you who who show up to that each morning, um, or each Sunday morning rather. Matthew chapter two verses one through twelve. We're going to look at this morning the account of the Magi, which is the only uh, uh, recorded account of the Magi in in uh, found here in the Gospel of Matthew. So we're going to look at that this morning. But before we do, let's just pray. And ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to be present and to speak this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity 
to read, to study, to apply the Word of God to our lives. Thank you for the opportunity to um, partner with you to see your will in heaven done here on the earth. Pray that you would open up all of our eyes to see the wonderful things you have for us in your Word. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak this morning, that we would be edified, we'd be sharpened, we'd be better after this moment than we were before because of you and because of the power of the gospel. And I pray that we would allow the, the knowledge of the word to, to not just stop here in our intellectual space, but that it would drop the 12 to 18 inches or so to our hearts, that it would soften our hearts in a new way such that we would apply it to our lives and be changed, be different as a result. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and as usual, I'll be reading from uh, the NIV. And it reads this way. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the, the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. Morning, this morning, the title of the message is Worth It. Worth It. Again, Merry Christmas, y'all. Um, Merry Christmas. I can remember a time uh, years ago during the season when our family decided we would, uh, our immediate and, and, and my wife, our children, and my family, um, all of my siblings and cousins, my parents, we would go on a cruise and we would celebrate Christmas and family and love on a cruise during the winter. And we weren't going to fly to Florida and leave out of there. No, we were going to go to Jersey and, and um, hop on a cruise ship out of there. Uh, that decision, in full transparency, this is free for the premarital folks watching, uh, was probably right up there with the decision that I made when uh, Taylor was pregnant uh, with our first and 
and the doctor told us that we needed to walk and, and you know, because she had some false alarms, et cetera. And I thought, oh, well, I got to pick out some shelving at Home Depot. Why don't we go and you could do some walking there? <sighs> Not a good idea. <laughs> and this decision was probably right up with that one because we got there and it was the roughest. We had one child. We were pregnant with another. Yes, not one of my greatest moments. Um, every 10 minutes, we're grabbing onto something to hold ourselves, to keep our balance. All of the waiters on the ship were doing the same. It was not fun. I remember actually one of the staff members saying, you know, we, we have to be here. It's our job. Y'all chose to do this. <laughs> and I felt like, great, just 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 rub it in, right? Turn the night. Like, I already know this was not a good look. But uh, we love each other, Taylor and I both. Uh, our family loved each other. And at that time, we thought it worth it to travel up the coast and hop on this cruise ship only to have to hold on for dear life the entire time with my wife and our baby and our new or our not-yet-to-be baby. She was pregnant, so y'all can imagine that. But anyways, I'm going to get off that because forgiveness abounds, and, and we are not there anymore. But just for the purposes of illustration, I share that story <laughs> this morning. Um, but all of us, right, in some way, some shape, some form, we will travel far. We will travel wide for what we love, what we think is what we want, <laughs> and for what we ultimately think is worth it. Right. We will we will do the most. We'll go to school for a really long time because we believe it's worth it. Um, and we recognize the benefit of that pursuit. We will uh, if you're a grandparent watching this. Right. You sometimes you will move literally just to be near your grandbabies. Uh, we endure stuff on our jobs if we're blessed to have a job um, that 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 we, we might enjoy because the passion that we have for the work surpasses the frustration we experience in doing the work or being around those with whom we do the work. Um, or maybe we just want the lights to stay on in our home. So we go and we we do. Um, quick sidebar uh, digression, if you will. I remember one of my colleagues years ago uh, when I was working at a high school as a, a counselor, he literally just wrote on the board of his classroom, I quit. And he never came back. Brother was never seen again in middle of the year. I mean, how many know he's not gonna get a good reference letter for his next gig, but uh, I digress. But we generally we endure because of something that's greater, right? Something that that we see that or that we expect that we envision. We save our money if we can for a long time because there's something we deem worth it, uh, a vacation, a college fund, retirement, whatever it is we're saving for. Um, parents, for the love of our kids, we're going to go through whatever challenges. There's no ER visit. There's no discipline referral. There's no otherwise challenge that's going to keep us from journeying on for our kids. And in Christ, the truth be told, we all have a figurative and very literal long way to Jesus. And to be clear, we cannot, the, the gap that's created by the sin of mankind cannot be traversed with our efforts alone. It's only through Jesus. Jesus shed blood on Calvary's cross, which doesn't get old to ponder. It's only through that sacrifice that then we are able, through our faith, to participate in being reconciled to Jesus. We get the opportunity, if you will, to, to decide. Jesus is not a bully. <laughs> we are given this, this opportunity to decide if we want to make the trip. The trip of trust, the trip of expectation, the trip of excitement toward a loving Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. 
We get to make the trip through our busyness. We get to make the trip through our self-doubt. We get to make the trip through our grief. We get to make the trip through tough times, through loss, through confusion, through, through church hurt. We get to make the trip. And the encouragement is singular in its orientation this morning, and that is to make the trip. Jesus is worth it. Make the trip. Jesus is worth it. The Magi uh, in this text, and Magi from uh, from which comes the word magician, um, the Magi were followers, uh, excuse me, philosophers. They were astronomers. They, they dwelt mainly in Persia and Arabia, and to that end, they were held in pretty high regard or high esteem by the Persian court. And though tradition would have it that there were three Magi, um, and mainly that's thought of because they brought three gifts. We, we actually don't know from Scripture how many that there were. We do know the Magi saw a star. Probably not like the stars that we're accustomed to seeing, but something that signaled to them that the awaited Messiah had been born. And I love, you got to love how we are reminded throughout scriptures. It's, there's so many reasons to get into our word every single day. And one of the reminders we get is that we are not Jesus. We're so far from Jesus. And, and, and for an example, as much as I might think that my birthday ought to be a national holiday, I didn't have any stars announcing my birth. I might have had some folks travel maybe 30 miles across the White Stone Bridge and, you know, from New York City over to Long Island where I was to come and see me. Maybe, maybe there was some family that came from Queens, but there were no stars communicating my birth uh, to folks hundreds of miles away. And the Magi, they saw this star and in response they traveled, it says, from the east. Again, not much specificity in scripture as to exactly where though it is thought they came again from persia or modern day iran and and which would have meant about an 800 to 900 mile trip to see jesus how many know they thought it was worth it <laughs> how did they know it was worth it it could have been the they were aware of the hebrew scriptures for example the prophecy that comes out of Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, which includes a timeline of the birth of the Messiah. Or Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, which includes a prophecy of Balaam that specifically mentions a star coming out of Jacob. However, they, they, however, they, knew, they knew something. They expected something, or someone, rather, such that they traveled that far to see baby Jesus. Jesus was worthy is worthy of making a trip. 1992 was when I accepted Jesus. And I knew, even then as a 13-year-old, Jesus was and still is worth it. Just by way of testimony, because I knew, uh, for one, Jesus, uh, or rather it wasn't me, or that my heart didn't heal itself. Jesus did. And yes, I would be tested all throughout high school to make sure but I knew that that just didn't happen on its own. I knew my dad's paralysis in the early 90s, that that didn't just heal itself, and all of a sudden he's lifting his arms. I knew that my brother, who had a gun pointed at him in high school by a police officer who had mistaken him for somebody else, and uh, I knew that he didn't make it home from that encounter except for the grace of God. Has Jesus ever shown you a sign that, that told you Jesus is worth making the trip. I admonish you uh, today, this week, just to reflect afresh on the grace of God. 
reflect afresh that um, on the birth of Christ and the ways that Jesus has shown up for us. This Christmas, reflect. Reflect on just how worth it making the trip to Jesus is. The Magi, back to them. Their journey uh, brought them to Jerusalem, where they would ask some folks exactly where they would find the king of the Jews. And there were some folks like King Herod and many in Jerusalem at the time who clearly just were not as excited as they were. Actually, they were disturbed, though they would kind of pretend like they were excited. And the scary part is that they presumably knew and, and believed at least some of the word. They'd read, for example, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, which is what verse 6 of our text this morning is actually quoting. One would think that their knowledge of this prophecy hundreds of years before the birth of Christ might have encouraged them to actually want and go and worship Christ too, but no, it wasn't. And we could even think today just about how scary dead faith can show up and is. Unless we cast stones ourselves, the truth is that when the truth of God's word bumps up against our own uh, stuff, our ambition, uh, our sinful indulgences, if it were, uh, uh, as it did for King Herod, that we too are tempted to want to cut off those parts of the word. And let's just accept the parts that we can get with to help us get what we want. They relied on scripture to find the Messiah, but many didn't rely on the scriptures to trust Jesus. And nowadays, as much as I want to and try to learn more and more and more and more, I am, and I want you to learn more and more and more as a, as a pastor, I want you to get into your word every single day. I'm more concerned now as a pastor with your trusting that which you already know. So again, don't hear me wrongly. I'm not saying to not keep getting into your word and, and engaging and learning more because we all need it for the rest of our lives. Do that. But my prayer is that we trust what we already know, in who we know, that that trust would increase exponentially over time. The Magi, after they interacted with the king, they continued on their way. Verse 9, it says, The star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the child, verse 10 said, they were overjoyed. If I can pause there for a moment. Again, one singular point, lots of, lots of sub-points, if you will. It strikes me that before they ever saw, saw Jesus, before, if you will, they ever had their breakthrough, before they experienced what they were anticipating, they were overjoyed. Just at Jesus' nearness, Psalm 73, 28 says, Jesus' nearness is, at, is our good. We will tell of his good deeds. Weeping may endure for the night, right? But joy comes in the morning. There's an expectation then that we too can have. I can't see, for example, the end of this pandemic. And it's hard. And yet, Jesus, you say there's still a reason that I can have joy and it's because you're near. They saw, they just saw the star. Hadn't gotten to Jesus yet. Hadn't seen Jesus. Hadn't seen Jesus present in their situation right now where you are. You're saying, where are you? They saw the star and said, overjoyed at the nearness of our, of our God. I can't help. Uh, a lot of examples here. Uh, I'll pick one. Target. When our kids, we can be driving by Target, going somewhere else. And just being close to Target. 
you start hearing all the things that they could be buying from Target, all the toys and the excitement just goes literally through the roof just being near the store. I was thinking about Muthru. That's another one, um, which I can really get sidetracked there because now we don't have to go an hour and a half to Muthru up 29, y'all. It's right on Preston. Hello. Um, anyways, I digress. Um, Merry Christmas. We went yesterday, so it's it's blessed and you can go. Um just being near the store, right? There's excitement. And for us, things may not be all that they need to be right now. I don't think I need to tell that to any of you. But there's joy we can have because of Jesus' nearness to us. Verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down. They worshipped him. And then they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Very expensive gifts during this time. But as you might imagine, quite fitting for a king. Um, I've got a lot of parentheticals apparently this morning, but another digression though related is, is in, in if we look in the account uh, uh, of Luke chapter 2, we see the shepherds who were on the lower end of that social ladder, which for me just says God sees you wherever you are. And there's opportunity for wherever you might find yourself here. The Magi who are well-educated, right? They, 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 they have... Some, some resources, the most expensive, and they bring it to him. The shepherds didn't bring anything. They just had a heart, which is really what God is after, because when you get your heart, when he has your heart, he'll have all of you. For the magi, they bring gold, they bring frankincense, they bring myrrh, because indeed it's fitting for a king. And then having been warned in a dream, they don't go back to Herod. But why do they make the trip? Why? Why then bring most expensive gifts? Because Jesus... As many of us know, was the Messiah spoken of by the prophets hundreds of years earlier. Jesus was the one who would transform their lives, the one capable of changing their and our circumstances in an instant. Jesus was the one who literally would open blind eyes, heal the lame and the sick, resurrect the dead. Jesus was the one born of a virgin, eligible then through a, a sinless life to take on the sin of you and me so that we would not have to suffer the penalty of sin. How many of you are glad we don't have to go to hell? We get to go to heaven. That's a good thing, and the revelation never gets old for me. And even more, Jesus is the one through whom we can bring heaven here. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why do the Magi go through all of that? Because Jesus Christ was the one who would go through that and so much more on our behalf. And so I conclude by asking, what about us? Today, this season especially, maybe we don't have to travel, eight, well, well, nobody traveling anything now, but 800 to 900 miles to get to Walker Upper Elementary, which I can't wait to get back to. But we do have to travel through some busy schedules. We got to travel through maybe some budget constraints, some very real ones. We have to travel through loss. We have to travel through sickness. We have to travel through relational dysfunction. We have to travel through hurt real offense, damage, sometimes at the hands of those close. We've got to travel through some stuff. But if ever there were a reason to hop on that, that camel, that figurative camel and make the trip, bearing the best of what we have, Jesus Christ is the reason. Jesus is the reason for the season. And so again, the admonishment simply this morning is to make the trip. Jesus is worth it. And my prayer, especially uh, uh, in this season, this week, is that we would 
just in a fresh way, place Jesus on the throne of our lives, where Jesus belongs, where he's earned the right to dwell. And may it then be a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for being the reason for which we celebrate this season. As reference, this season can bring about so many tense emotions for so many reasons, so many experiences here on earth that have palpable manifestations in our bodies and in our minds that don't always feel good. We acknowledge that. Shelby Gibson spoke to the fellowship and uh, uh, the, the fellowship of suffering we can have with you. And we, we acknowledge it and we simultaneously celebrate the hope and the joy we can have in a Savior that was born to die for us. And God, we are thankful forever for you being who you are and loving us more than we could ever love ourselves. You are a good God. You are a good God. And if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning and you're watching this uh, and you're wondering how do you say a Merry Christmas and all of this, well, Jesus Christ, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason we can, as 1 Thessalonians 4 speaks to, grieve but not without hope. Jesus is the reason we can hold that tension. Jesus is the reason we can say Merry Christmas. And so if you don't know Jesus this morning, there's an electronic connect card in the chat box. You can literally click on it and you can say in there, in that card, I don't know Jesus, but I want to know a little bit more. And, I, and maybe you'll say, I want to go a little bit more beyond just knowing a little bit more. I want to accept Jesus today. And if that's you, you can fill out that connect card, but I'll also pray with you Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, which says, when we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we believe in our hearts that, G that God raised Jesus from the dead, then we are saved. Saved from what? What? From the penalty of sin. We get to spend all of eternity in heaven. And then as we walk out this life with Jesus, we get to be saved from the power of sin on earth. Not just looking to go to heaven, but we're looking to bring heaven here. And yes, someday we will be saved from the presence of sin when we leave this earth and go on to live with our Heavenly Father, which we believe is our future. That's the reality. And Scripture says that we get to rejoice with the angels in heaven for those who make that decision. So if you did today, we celebrate the greatest decision you could ever make. And for those who may have drifted or gone away, that same prayer can be prayed today. And just like the prodigal son in that parable in Scripture, where the father welcomed his son back home with a party, we are partying it up for you right now. No wallflowers in the room here. We are dancing and partying it up for you coming on back to Jesus, who welcomes you even more so with, well, with open arms and a love that is unlike any other. We thank you, Jesus. We love you. We bless you. Uh, and we thank you for the opportunity to live in victory, which means we're going to go through some stuff. We're going to hit some storms. We're going to go through some battles. We might even be in it right now. But we declare by faith that we're going to live in victory. doesn't mean there won't be tears. 
but it means ultimately the fight is fixed. And because the fight is fixed, family, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Reach out to somebody, show the love of Jesus this week, particularly to those who may not feel the merriness of the Christmas season. Um, and may we together grow to, 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 to embrace the merriness of a Christmas season that will always be one of joy and peace because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Bless you guys. Love you much. Let's live in victory.